Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. And by like, that, I'll be perfect. And by that, you mean what? Enough faith. If I don't know what that means. If I read my Bible enough, like if, if I you prayed believe enough, hard enough, just yeah. make the face yeah. of faith, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh. Welcome to The Move, where we're vibing in the book 10 minutes at a time. Next 10 minutes, we're talking through Romans chapter 1 again, verses 16 and 17. And we know you read it. Well, you've already read it because we read it with you guys yesterday. So let's just cut to the chase. Let's 10 it. minutes on the clock. Let's go. So here's where I want to pick up. Go. Power of God unto salvation. It's the ability of God to actually accomplish our healing, our restoration, our being kept secure, right? And I wanted to just harp on this idea of that it's done via the cross of Christ, that his shaming is the thing that leaves us shameless, that his being seemingly overcome by the Roman Empire is what delivers us from a slavery, that the spiritual powers. It seemed as though they won in that moment. That's what gives us the redemption above those things. This is this irony that I don't want to resolve at present, but put out there. What, why is this the important place for you to focus on? Precisely because of what the righteousness of God is okay. and where we're going. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Before we get there real quick, I wanted to throw out this that I thought was really great. Salvation is for everyone from every sin at every time in every place under every circumstance. Yes. First to the Jew and then to the? To the Greek. To the Greek. Now, have you thought through at all why that move from Jew to Greek? Why is it first to the Jew, then to the Greek? I mean, there's a certain, I don't know if preference is the right word, but maybe it is. But there's a certain preference, it seems, that God places on the nation of Israel mm -hmm. first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's just kind of like this this echo of what's been taking place in the Old Testament. But mm -hmm. how that implies, I mean, because it's like, I mean, 
nowadays. It's we're trying to break down these social barriers, mm-hmm. these these differences in classes. We're all just one. Mm-hmm. Um, so help me understand. I, I I I don't actually understand that. Why is it Jew first then? Greek next. You know, as I understand it, I think it's precisely because it's according to the promise and nothing else. So the promise first comes to Abraham and from Abraham comes this line of the nation of Israel Mm -hmm. and the nation of Israel uh, carries the embodiment of the promise that is revealed ultimately in the person of Jesus so that in their history, the story is already there of what is to come so that they first could have caught it because the gospel was preached to them first via the promise given to Abraham. So this is Paul's big thing. It doesn't come by law keeping. It doesn't come by you in the flesh being duty bound to try to perform all that which God has told you. There's an element of why that's important we'll get to later, but that the fulfillment of the promise comes by the seed of Abraham, who is in the flesh an Israelite, but then him actually coming out of the ground through resurrection power is then the revelation that he's the son of God for all the mm-hmm. nations. So, yeah, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. There's this phrase that helps me kind of wrap this around. And we're going to skip over the main part real quick. But it's this faith by faith is revealed from faith to faith. Yeah. That. I get the sense that it's this dynamic moving thing that, yeah. that it's like progress. I don't know. Progressive light is, sure. is the right way to look at this, yeah. that there's a certain sense that we understand something now, which is good, but we understand more as we get closer to God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there's this progression of you deepening via a revelation and have, as you grow in the knowledge and wisdom of what is actually being revealed. And here's the thing, at least for me, that what is being revealed is the very righteousness of God, Mm. right? So this is why then when Paul says in verse 17, for in it, Mm -hmm. which is what's the it of it, it is the gospel, right? Right. The good news of Jesus Christ being crucified and resurrected reveals the very, it is the power of God. It reveals his salvation, right? And it reveals his righteousness. And this is why for me, it's so important to frame it along these lines that his righteousness is him in the person of Jesus allowing himself to be murdered, Mm -hmm. tortured, Mm -hmm. shamed, and never actually returning any of that back to us in order to demonstrate several things. But one of them, his heart towards us, right? When we killed him, he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then also not only his heart towards us, but that he himself would become sin. Paul says this later, right? Second Corinthians five twenty one. Yeah. He who knew no sin became sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness. So that he becomes sin and takes that to the grave. So the thing we thought was most shaming mm. was actually accomplishing his heart towards humanity. And so that the righteousness of God is his heart towards humanity in becoming the very thing that is offensive, sin itself, and removing it from us to reveal our value. Mm. When I see words like revealed, I think of what that is standing in opposition towards. Mm. Something is that is revealed must first be maybe concealed to begin with. Mm-hmm. So the very fact that this is the thing that is revealed gives us an indication that this wasn't always the way that people looked at things. Yeah. This wasn't always the way that we interpreted God or interpreted the world around us. That there's this, this is from that 
to, to this kind of shift that's taking place. Mm-hmm. And this is what helps us understand the righteousness of God, because the emphasis has been placed somewhere else. It wasn't the righteousness of God, but perhaps our emphasis has been somewhere misplaced prior to this moment. Where do you think the emphasis has been placed on so far? In the book or in our lives? Because I know I could talk about my life. I know that the righteousness in my life, I was looking at the man in the mirror, right. absent spirit. So right. I was looking at flesh. And then the shame for me came in when I couldn't even keep I couldn't even meet my own expectations of myself, let alone God's expectations of myself, right? So that then for me to think that the expectation is so high, I can't get there. So I feel the shame. I'm not enough. I'm underneath it. To find out that the truth is that God's expectation is precisely what he accomplished through Jesus so that I might believe that his sacrifice not only reveals his love, but is enough to keep me healed, delivered, restored, redeemed, kept safe and sound. And it comes from him. It's not of my own doing. Yeah. There's been a, a few ways in my life that I've approached this concept of righteousness of God. If I had enough faith, mm-hmm. then I would be righteous. Yeah. Enough to please God. Yeah. You know, this, we talk about righteousness by faith a lot in, in the Adventist church. Yeah. And some people, it's, if I have enough faith, I'll be righteous. And like, by that, I'll be perfect. And by that, you mean what? Enough faith? If I don't know what that means. If yeah. I read my Bible enough, like if, if I you prayed enough. hard enough. Just yeah. make the face yeah. of faith, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, like, you uh, know, I just ate something sour. Yeah. yeah. Then, then I wouldn't have problems with pride or anger mm. or lust or fill in the blank, right? Mm. But that's not what it is. No, I, I, I'm so faith. Mm-hmm. We could talk about this at length, but Paul talks about it in the book of Galatians that we were imprisoned under sin as a tutor. We were, that we were given over to something else until faith came mm. and that faith is actually a person and that person actually lives out, walks out, authors God's will. And so this is why Jesus is the first apostle, as it were, that while Paul, we saw this earlier, he gets the marching orders from God and he's sent out and he's an apostle because he's set apart. He's only mimicking Jesus who received the marching orders from God to actually reclaim and restore those who were lost by what? By having a body prepared for him to reveal the glory of God, who, although he is high, was willing to become small so that we might know how far he would go mm-hmm. and also become sin in order to condemn it so that he might reveal the truth of who we are. That's then the that's the mind blowing thing of what faith is. Faith is the person of Jesus. So that for me to have faith, simply put, is for me to look at the cross of Christ, to see his redemption revealed in that moment and just say yes to that. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. Righteousness in this language is the same word for justification. Yeah. AKA what God's gift through the gospel is, this righteousness of God that is being revealed is this fact of justification, this yeah. fact of, if I say, and I uh, looked at the cross and I point to that and I say, yes, mm-hmm. that not only is that something that I see and agree with, but that is something that I am like that, that was me mm-hmm. in a certain respect. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that later. Cause that's what Paul's setting up. 
But to this other point that I want to set up is that you mentioned it earlier that there's a darkness, there's an obscuring, mm-hmm. and Paul's next move is to say, hey, I'm going to tell you how Turn we on. were obscured and this thing was hidden, mm. why and how. This is why it's being revealed. Yeah. And this, I love this language. It's from faith to faith. It's something that we get to do. Mm-hmm. We get to journey in together. Yeah. Yeah, 10 minutes at a time. 10 minutes at a time. Speaking of which, that's our 10 minutes. We'll see Can you guys tomorrow. <laughs>